Hey everyone, it's another edition of the Data-Driven Marketer. I'm your host, Mark Richardson, coming to you from the data basement with This Week in Digital Marketing, where we package up the appetizing stories in MarTech, AdTech, and data into a savory souffle. This week's data-driven marketing news, a Web3 social startup from the founder of Foursquare, VR headsets at work, Texas gets rejected, the FTC finds Twitter, superfans flock to podcasts, and wait for it, Elon Watch. This is the week in digital marketing. Let's jump in. Hello to June and goodbye to Cheryl Sandberg. While we're all placing DraftKings bets on where she'll end up, we've got some news from the metaverse Sandberg is leaving behind. Foursquare founder Dennis Crowley wants to intertwine the metaverse with reality to create a new Web3 social network called Living Cities. According to TechCrunch, Dennis and his two partners raised $4 million in early funding so far. The project is still murky, though. Crowley and his partners describe a social metaverse like never before. Hmm. Tell me more, right? When finished, the social network will help humans more richly express who they are to each other. According to Matt Meisnix, a founder on the Living Cities project, this will be a consumer experience delivered over open Web3 protocols as a 3D experience where the virtual world looks and feels like a real place. The team is essentially creating a social network and mapping company that exists only on the web and mobile web without involving app stores or trying to compete with current leaders of virtual or mapping companies like Apple Maps, Google Maps, Niantic, Snap, or Meta. Over here, we can't wait to become the mayor of virtual locations. If you don't know what I'm talking about, congratulations, you're young. In our book, whether or not the project goes mainstream is irrelevant. Crowley and his partners represent the trend of top minds moving toward the Web3 space. In many cases, the same talent that gave us the modern web. This could be good or bad. Either way, Living Cities is delivering a user experience using current technology while preparing for a magical experience using the technology coming soon. And that's pretty cool. More of this, please. In other metaverse news, it looks like B2B agencies are also challenging the status quo with virtual experiences. Believe it or not, strap on your VR glasses, we've got a meeting. Could become a common phrase for marketers soon. Some agencies are already hosting annual summits in VR. Others are shifting meetings from Zoom to VR workspaces like Meta's Horizon Workrooms or experimenting with VR glasses and platforms like Decentraland to better advise clients on the subject. One CEO said he bought his employees Oculus headsets just so they could bond over activities like VR mini golf, according to Marketing Brew. Why are we sharing what a select few agencies are doing with VR today? If you're an alert marketer, you care about emerging trends, if only to watch for the cheap attention real estate. And we think the best way to learn is to get in on the trends early and play around. Around here, for example, we're testing with the Oculus Quest 2 at events, both for potential customers and staff members to experience. But don't take our word for it. Simeon Edmonds, SVP and Creative Director of Media Hub's R&D Lab, couldn't have said it better. Quote, the technology allows us to connect in ways better than having the bat phone in the middle of the conference table and everybody shouting into it. 
we're finding usefulness not just in helping us produce a better work product, but also in understanding what's emerging, end quote. The moral? The best agencies, even the B2B ones, are already in the metaverse playing around. In legal news, we have an update on the hot mess involving the state of Texas and basically all the social media channels we care about as digital marketers. In a 5-4 to four ruling handed down this week, the Supreme Court vacated an earlier decision by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. This means that HB 20, which forbids banning, demonetizing, or downranking Texas users' posts based on viewpoint, is blocked while a lawsuit over its constitutionality proceeds. Following the Supreme Court's decision over the stay, the lawsuit over HB 20 will continue in a lower court, leading to a final decision about whether to overturn it. While the district court was highly critical of the law, the Fifth Circuit ruling followed a hearing where judges appeared to dismiss concerns about the First Amendment and Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. In case you're wondering how the vote played out, Justice Samuel Alito initially reviewed the emergency request and referred it to the rest of the court. Justices John Roberts, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh voted in support of the decision, while Alito was joined by Justices Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, and Elena Kagan in opposition. Net Choice Counsel Chris Marchesi celebrated the decision in a statement claiming, quote, We are relieved that the First Amendment, open internet, and the users who rely on it remain protected from Texas's unconstitutional overreach, end quote. Should anyone be overly optimistic, though? Alito's dissent suggests that the Texas law and a similar one from Florida could occupy courts for years to come as we try to sort out proper regulation of social media. In more legal news, Twitter has agreed to a $150 million fine from the FTC over past misuse of users' personal information. Twitter is giving off Chumbawamba vibes these days. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna... Never mind. The issue, as Twitter notes, was made public in 2019 when Twitter disclosed it used information submitted for account security checks to target ads in spite of those users opting out of ad targeting. Big oops, Twitter. Big oops. According to Twitter CFO Ned Siegel, new users at the time were prompted to share device settings for ad targeting. Unfortunately, a malfunction led to all users being opted in, regardless if they declined the option. So essentially, Twitter's system did not respect user privacy inputs, and that flaw had been in place for six years, between 2013 and 2019. Insert facepalm meme here. Or maybe we should say hashtag facepalm. What else is there to say? Privacy is no joke anymore. The government is catching up to any and all bad actors. As the saying goes, you can run, but you can't hide. Enough of this newfangled social media nonsense. Let's talk about regular media things, whatever that means. Are podcasts even considered regular media? They're just kind of radio, right? Anyway, it turns out streaming services are investing in companion podcasts. Michael Gluckstadt, director of content on the podcast team for HBO Max, told Marketing Brew, quote, Podcasting really lets us hit the super fan audience with that extra stuff they want without necessarily blowing up the budget to do so, end quote. Becky Rowe, 
director of production for HBO and HBO Max's podcast team, added, quote, if fans are spending an hour watching Succession or Winning Time and they're spending another 30 to 45 minutes with the Winning Time podcast, that's some more time spent with the brand. It's driving brand affinity, end quote. You're likely asking if podcasting for niche audiences is worth the time and energy. However, Gluckstat believes creating these pods is a cost-effective way to connect with an important demographic. He points out that audio, just by its very nature, will cost less to produce than video. Touche, Michael. Touche. You figured us out. When well-executed, podcasts do more than build a fan base. They help people discover new shows. So it's no surprise more streaming services are picking up companion podcasts. For example, HBO Max and iHeartMedia partnered to create a companion pod for the dystopian drama Raised by Wolves. They interviewed the show's creators, as well as scientists and tech innovators, about broader questions raised in the show. The result is a community-driven experience. Marketers, take note. Audience-level podcasts can be a powerful connector in a world without the water cooler. Of course, maybe you already get this. Uh, after all, you are listening to me right now. Onto a company you might not have on your radar. This week, Proton Mail announced that it's changing its name to Proton. The company will offer an ecosystem of linked products, all accessed via one paid subscription. Proton subscribers will have access not just to encrypted email, but also an encrypted calendar, file storage platform, and VPN. Should big tech be worried about Proton's swift move into the limelight? Only time will tell. However, CEO Andy Yen believes his time is now. He recently spoke to Wired about the enduring need for greater privacy, the dangers of Apple's and Google's dominance, and how today's attacks on encryption recall the rhetorical tactics of the war on terror. We'll link you to the conversation in the show notes. When asked about protecting user data, Yen shared this, quote, On the internet, somehow, because it's not visible, we tend to think that surveillance is not there. But the surveillance that you don't notice tends to be far more insidious than the one you do, end quote. Read the full Q&A with Yen and Wired for more on why he believes Proton is a necessary alternative to Google and Apple. If you're wondering why this matters more broadly, it's because it is tied to the debate that is pushing us toward the cookie-less future. Data-driven marketers need to be ready for this future and stay ahead of the changes we're going to see to our incoming data feed of user behavior. Hey, guess what time it is? Elon! 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 That's right. It's time for Elon Watch. This week, he reminds us how dirty the command and control style feels in 2022. While many companies have recently chosen to empower employees to choose remote or hybrid work, Elon is going with the opposite approach. On Wednesday, Musk tweeted that Tesla employees, quote, should pretend to work somewhere else if they're not willing to return to their offices, implying that they were already pretending to work if working from home. Some of us might be taking that a bit personally as we produce this delicious podcast from our homes. Additionally, Bloomberg reported a leaked memo to staff saying, quote, anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum, of 40 hours per week or depart Tesla, end quote. Yes, Elon is blowing up the internet again with his erratic thinking, yet are we surprised? Tesla has never been known for employee wellness and empowerment. 
Apple tried something similar last month and quickly swallowed their words when top talent walked out the door. Will Tesla do the same? Probably not. However, we expect many people to bail soon as we're sure emergent competitors like Rivian have plenty of jobs open. But Elon will be Elon, and that's that. In other people and workplace news, one agency is battling burnout with 70 paid days off, including three company-wide closures for a week at a time. Say what? Yep. Tenuity, the New York City-based performance marketing firm, empowers its employees to get the work done. In a Q&A with Digiday, Tenuity's chief people officer, Jeff Batuhanseid, had this to say. Quote, it's not about the time at your desk. It's not about the login at the computer. It's about getting the work done. End quote. So what's his advice for other agencies targeting a similar approach? When you say you are focused on your people first, actually mean it and put actions to it. Don't just let it be lip service. And what's our advice for data-driven marketers? Realize that a different type of agency life is possible, but also that the relevance of multi-channel digital marketing will only continue to grow, even for B2B, as workers spend more time resting, which often means more media consumption, not less. Lastly, for today, we have a very important message to report for all managers out there. Do not track your employees. I repeat, do not record or monitor your employees with software and technology. Why? According to results of a new morning consult poll shared with Axios, about half of tech employees who are not monitored at work today indicated they would rather resign than be subject to surveillance. In short, surveillance sucks and makes humans feel icky. This really shouldn't surprise anyone. So next time you feel the urge to sign up for a surveillance tool, lock yourself in a room and answer the following question. Are we at work or in prison? That said, this is likely the tension driving the back to the office debate. If you can't tell, the data-driven marketer team is of the mind that you shouldn't need surveillance if you can make the work sufficiently fulfilling or rewarding. Hack of the week, structured data elements. Do you know about them? Have you heard about them? Are you using them on your website? Did you realize that they are a sneaky way of chatting directly with Google's algorithm to show rich snippet results in search? So if you're not using schema, JSON, or microdata markup on your website to create these structured data elements, you're still in the Jurassic in terms of SEO. Google offers a rich snippet testing tool so you can see opportunities to improve. As usual, we'll drop a link to the tool in the show notes. And that's it. Thanks for tuning in for This Week in Digital Marketing by The Data-Driven Marketer. I'm Mark Richardson. Head to datadriven.news to subscribe wherever you listen or watch. We'll be back next week with another rundown of the week's data-driven marketing news. In case you didn't know, by subscribing to this feed, you'll also get our conversation pods, where we talk to digital marketing thought leaders and operatives like Rand Fishkin and Brian Kramer. Those drop on Tuesdays. Thanks for listening to The Data-Driven Marketer. Our show is produced by Jessica Jacobson and Dan Salsius. This episode was edited by Steve Kosh. The Data-Driven Marketer is sponsored by NetWise, a Dun & Bradstreet company. Any views or opinions expressed in this episode do not represent the views or opinions of NetWise or Dun & Bradstreet. Bradstreet.